Hi there, book buddy. So this is going to be the first Spark Notes episode of the Event Profs Book Club podcast. So this will be fun. So our upcoming discussion on June 4th is going to be with the author Alan Gannett on the book that he wrote in 2018 entitled The Creative Curve, How to Develop the Right Idea at the Right Time. And what Alan really delves into is this whole mythology that we really have about creativity. So the first portion of the book, he kind of debunks, not kind of, he debunks this myth. You know, so often we feel like it's only a certain few who are geniuses and are gifted and the inspiration just comes to them. And he goes through different interviews. So like, for example, the song Yesterday by Paul McCartney and how it just came to him, we feel like, or Mozart and what he would write. But when he started to dig deeper, he realized, you know what? No, that that's not actually the case. It's perhaps the narrative that has come about over time. But these people, there was a lot of work that went into it. And he realized when he really started diving deep that there's kind of these four laws of, of creativity. So four laws being consumption, imitation, creative communities, and iterations. And what he talks about is a lot of these so-called creative geniuses knew how to find the sweet spot on what he markets as the creative curve. And the creative curve is basically the relationship between the familiar, the familiar, excuse me, and the novel. So if something is, is too familiar, well, that's kind of boring. But if something's too novel, it might be a bit scary. And this goes back to kind of our, our survival instincts. So, you know, when you're hunting and foraging or looking for caves to dwell in, you know, if perhaps you've been in that area before, you've seen this type of food before, well, you know, it's going to be safe. But then at the same time, if you see something that resembles something that you're familiar with, you might be more willing to take a chance. So a lot of these creative geniuses know how to find that sweet spot. Like for example, he was talking about to go back to the Beatles, the use of sitar in their music. So they were playing with a sitar and then all of a sudden people are like, wow, this is really interesting. And then other musicians started to incorporate this instrument, but the Beatles were like, okay, you know what, I'm, I'm already gonna move on to the next thing. So they also know when to exit and to create the next. So through all of his different interviews, he discovers that a lot of these people who you would first look at and be like, oh, they're just special, unique beings, not necessarily. Either intrinsically, they were following these four laws, or actually just putting in the work, so being in the right situation. So to go back, consumption, for example, 
in order to have these ideas, you need to have the raw materials inside of you. You need to have the dots that you can actually connect. Or when you're thinking about practicing, he talks about the idea of purposeful practice. So, you know, you hear about like, you know, the 10,000 hours and and if you do the 10,000 hours, well, then you're going to become an expert. Well, not necessarily because when he's talking about purposeful practice, it's actually where you keep drilling down and developing and pushing yourself on new skills. And he relates that back to, let's say, all of us in our driving. Well, how many hours have we driven since we first started? Then you look at a NASCAR driver. Well, shouldn't we be able to go race cars and and make tons of money? Not really, because NASCAR drivers or race car drivers, they kept building upon certain skills, whereas we kind of plateaued at a certain point because we don't need that in our day-to-day. So that's interesting. And then going into the idea of imitation. So a lot of these patterns already actually exist. So kind of standing on the shoulders of giants, you know, you think of books and he references Kurt Vonnegut and and different templates that they follow. And a lot of stories follow this type of journey. So many authors could almost use them like Mad Libs. He references that in the book where, okay, here's kind of the flow of a journey, but you know what? I'm going to take that away and I'm going to insert my twist into it. So again, having that familiar with the novel. And then creative communities. So this is something that's so critical because you either need people that are kind of like the gatekeepers that are going to deem it as worthy or that also will put their name and vouch for you. And and let's think about that because that does happen to many of us if we're fortunate that you either have that mentor, that personal board of directors that stands up for you, or perhaps you're in an industry and let's say you live in Silicon Valley and you're surrounded by people that are like you. So he talks about this idea of clustering and knowledge spillover just by being present in that in that environment. And then the fourth one, iterations. So this is kind of like the idea of, you know, Kickstarter or testing market viability and and it's iterative. So when you put out a movie, you get feedback before it even goes to theaters. And he references the movie Fatal Attraction where the ending that we know is actually not what it was going to be because when they actually did market research, people were not pleased with that. So it's so important to get the data and the feedback as well, ideally before we even take it out there, that market research. So with this book, what was great was he makes it he makes it approachable to us. You know, he talks about J.K. Rowling at the very end where, you know, you think about she was on a train and then Harry Potter just came to her and it was like, you know what? No, that that's not really the case. In fact, she read tons of books when she was younger. She found, you know, the different writing styles and incorporated that into what she did And she built a community and forged her community of editors and other types of authors and just 
you know, became immersed in that and she tried and she rewrote and she mapped out. It wasn't just something that just came. So I read a lot of books, obviously. You're going to you're going to get to know this and I I really loved this book and you can't see because this is a podcast, but I have so 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 many little sticky note flags because there were so many takeaways and it was something that was both reassuring, it was hopeful, and it was logical. And one thing that we really need to do as well is, and we do hear this as far as that taking the time to pause, because he brings in so many aspects of, of neuroscience, psychology, marketing, business. And when we think about our brains, we have the right side that are kind of these aha moments and the left side, which is more that conscious and logical processing. And that's why when we talk about those, you know, you're in the shower or you're going for a run and this idea just comes to you because we kind of dampen all of that noise and silence a bit that left side of the brain. So the right side all of a sudden will connect because the whole time it's working in overdrive, but you don't feel it because it's below the surface of trying to connect these dots of going back to consumption, these ideas, the people that you're meeting in your community, all the different things that you're testing. It's working, working, working. And then when we can just kind of silence that left one a bit, all of a sudden the right one comes out with, aha, and it's the two that are working together all the time and this interplay that all of a sudden these creative ideas come out. So this book is fantastic for people that identify as creative and for people that don't identify as creative and to perhaps look back and see, you know, why don't I identify as creative? Was it perhaps someone told me at some point in my life that I'm not a creative person or because that drawing perhaps was not good? Because as he also discusses we are not just a finite brain. Neuroplasticity. So he references London cabbie drivers and how certain portions of their brain changed based upon their job. So if we actually think about that, of what we put our effort into, what we put that purposeful practice into, what we put that targeted consumption to, to keep building and to keep learning, while well, we're actually morphing our brains. And with that, more of these creative ideas are going to emerge. So I highly suggest you pick up this book and just start looking at these quote-unquote creative geniuses in different ways and start seeing how you can incorporate these four laws into your life, into your company's life, into your kid's life. Because I think it's going to be super interesting what's going to come out as a result. And I'm, I'm really excited to be putting this more into practice and to also reflect on where I've already been doing this and where I found success to ensure that I could do this more. So on that note, Book Buddy, that was some spark notes about The Creative Curve by Alan Gannett. And if you pick up the book or already have, I would love to hear your thoughts. So until the next podcast episode, happy reading.